If you've ever driven a tractor, you're her friend. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Looks like another beautiful day on the way for a Thursday. The only downfall, not much in the way of moisture. Morning, everyone. I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. Tickled you're along with us. Yeah, the weather is going to be very comfortable today. Looking for a daytime high right around 75 degrees with sunshine. Tomorrow, partly sunny and 82. They're still calling for a chance of rain on Saturday, but it's probably going to be hit or miss. Uh, daytime highs on Saturday around 84. And then on Sunday, the National Weather Service, anyhow, looks at about a 60% chance of rain on Sunday, probably during the day. Don't know if it's going to be measurable. We'll have to talk about that with Stu Muck, our ag meteorologist, so stick around for that. Weather is on the minds of everybody in the state of Wisconsin, from the overcast skies that we're seeing because of the Canadian wildfire smoke, right on down to seed that's still laying in the ground, uh, waiting for enough moisture to germinate. Friday, there is going to be a statewide conversation about the potential drought for Wisconsin. If you're a lawn owner, a gardener, a farmer, an agribusiness, a regulatory agency, you might want to join in on that conversation. It's an hour-long webinar tomorrow from 9 until 10, and we're talking with one of the organizers with University Extension pulling it together, Natasha Paris, joining us this morning. We're also catching up with Bryce Windecker from Everag to find out what's going on with the dairy markets. We love grilling in Wisconsin, but hey, let's make sure that we're not falling into a rut. Change up your routine, maybe with some flavors from Bavaria Sausage. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here for Judy and the crew. You know where to find them. Corner of Nesbitt Road, Fitchroner Road in Fitchburg. The shop open Monday through Friday, 9 until 5. Check out their Facebook page, Bavaria Sausage, or BavariaSausage.com if you need to order online. One thing you want to remember is aside from all of the great meats that they offer you for the grill, they've got a lot of different products that they can feature on those meats. How about the selection of mustards they've got available? From sweet to spicy, hot to honey, cranberry to horseradish. Available online and in the store. And don't forget, check their Facebook page often because you never know when they're going to surprise you with a brat sale. A summer treat you don't want to miss. Bavaria Sausage, corner of Nesbitt Road, Fitchrona Road in Fitchburg, online, BavariaSausage.com. Surveillance cameras on the farm are doing more than just giving you a sense of security. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Egg video surveillance in Beaver Dam is seeing a growing interest in using security cameras for better farm management. Jason Nasrati gives me the details on the trends he's seeing in farm security and the logistics required to install the equipment. He says dairy is his leading customer, but he works with agribusinesses across the board. So my primary customers are, are in the ag business, uh, and that can be, you know, any one of a number of, of different uh, types of farms. Uh, dairy is pretty much my leading customer or my customer base. I would say probably about uh, 70% of my work is dairy related. Then I probably about 10 or 15 into grain uh, or shops, egg, you know, custom farms, stuff like that. And then the remainder's uh, scattered out a little bit uh, across other things. Uh, it could be anywhere from egg tourism to doctor's offices, fitness centers, everything. So I do a little bit of uh, standard commercial, some private homes, not, not too often, but I still do. But uh, the bulk of my work is, is, is in the dairy industry. Why do people get surveillance? Uh, it can be a number of reasons. Most people, I think, you know, associate security cameras with security. And to a certain extent, that is true. That That is the majority. But I would say in the, in the dairy industry, at least, 
The trend right now really is to hone down their process, quality control and training, cost savings, all kinds of different things. It, it's, it's far beyond uh, just the security aspect. It is much more in the process monitoring now. Can you give me an example of how people have used video surveillance for better farm management or quality control? The biggest one uh, is in the, in the parlors and getting consistency across shifts as a training tool. Uh, a lot of times, you know, the majority of the larger farms now are milking three times a day, and usually that night shift crew is harder to staff or it has a higher turnover rate. Uh, so you're doing a lot more training on there, and obviously uh, the majority of the farmers are up during the day, not at night. So, you know, they're getting trained during the day, moving them crews around. But the camera systems help them to maintain the consistency and make sure procedures are being followed 24-7. And as you said, the other reason for farms to invest in security cameras is for safety. Do people tend to reach out to you after a problem has happened or after a big news story comes out about a farm being attacked? I'd say it's about 50-50. It's split. Sometimes there will be an incident on the farm, regardless of what it is. Maybe it was an accident. Maybe something got damaged, something got stole. Just, just in general, something bad happened. Then they'll reach out to me. But then there's also the other 50% that they hear about something bad happening, and they want to be preemptive. And, and that can be a, a number of different things. I would say like four or five years ago, there was that short short period in a year there where there was people kind of infiltrating farms to, to get video and things like that. And and some customers were concerned about that, so they kind of wanted to, you know, make sure that they knew exactly what was going on in their operation. But for the most part, I'd say it's probably split 50-50. What type of surveillance options are out there for farms to consider? For the most part, you know, they're there can be uh, numerous things we can do farm wide or close closed circuit you know and hook up to the wi-fi and get it on their phones that's the path that the majority of the farmers select so basically come in you set up a network put the cameras on there and then get it tied into the internet so they can see it wherever they go and then some being rural high-speed internet isn't always readily available or at least not as nice as we'd like it to be so there's sometimes when it's just closed circuit and it just works locally. All my cameras are hardwired, uh, typically with a, with a hard metal building, so that that's about your best option. A lot of times there's wireless products out there, but it's just too difficult to get them wireless signals around in the, the metal buildings on the farm. So you don't need a separate room with TVs showing everything on your cameras anymore? It can all be done by your smartphone? For the most part, yes, and that, I would say probably about 80% of my customers are happy with just a smartphone. They don't even need a monitor. Now, some of the larger operations where there's pretty much somebody in the office most of the day, those farms tend to choose to have a monitor there, so that way the, the farm manager can see what's going on um, while he's in the office all day handling the paperwork. What type of infrastructure does a farm need to have in place before installing a video surveillance, do they need to have broadband access? Do they need to have an adequate power source to be able to handle the loads that egg video surveillance requires? That's one of the things I do when I give them an estimate. I'll come through and I'll kind of analyze what infrastructure is in place. And then I will note that when I give them my proposal. Uh, a lot of times it's usually just an outlet here or an outlet there. Uh, my systems usually only require one outlet per building, 
and then I wire low voltage out from there to the cameras. If there is internet there, I'll assess, you know, if it's adequate or tell maybe sometimes it's just uh, updating a plan or sometimes it's even, you know, changing the provider. A lot of times I'll do that as a courtesy. If their inter current internet is not adequate, I'll search around because I have a few connections and it, it's easier for me a lot of times just to make the, the calls and I can do a lot faster. And then if I do find another provider, I can refer that over to the farmer for them to make that decision. How many cameras does a farm usually need? That's a tough one. It's really all about what makes you feel better. Any number of farms, sometimes I go in and they're only concerned about a few things, maybe just the parlor and watching in the milk house. And then some, they want to see everything. They want to see the maternity pens. They want to see the freestall barn, uh, the feed alleys, calf hutches. So it's really, it's really about what the farmer wants. And I just listen to what they tell me. And that's how I write up my proposals. What's your recommendation for where cameras should be placed? Usually when I recommend camera placement, uh, I always go for the areas where they're going to get the biggest payback the fastest. And that is, you know, to, to make the camera system valuable and increase their revenue and not so much have the camera system as an expense. So like maternity pens, saving calf and cow loss, and then in the parlors to improve the quality of the process so they can get their milk bonus. Has the picture improved on cameras nowadays? It's not black and white gritty anymore. Is, is it a pretty clear picture? Oh, yeah, the new digital pictures, they, they are sweet. Right now, pretty much 4 megapixel is the standard. That's about where your, your, your best cost option is, is a 4 megapixel. Um, in other terms, you can kind of convert that and call it 2K. The best picture out there right now is 4K, or that's 8 megapixel. And some, some operations want that, uh, but for the most part, usually the 4 megapixel, it's a really crystal clear picture, and you can zoom in on that, and you can really pick up a lot of detail. Do you have any success stories for us on how agriculture video surveillance has been helpful to a farm or an egg business? Some of the best success stories that I've had uh, usually come from beef farmers because a lot of times when they get into the calving season and a lot of the beef operations, they, they calve in the heart of winter sometimes, they don't have to get up at 2 in the morning and put their boots on anymore. So they, they appreciate that, that they can just kind of reach over to the nightstand and grab the phone and pick it up and look at the, at the maternity pens and make sure everything's all right and know that they can go back to sleep. And he says, don't underestimate the benefit of peace of mind. He says video surveillance takes additional stress off your shoulders, which sounds pretty good. That's Jason Nasrati with Egg Video Surveillance out of Beaver Dam. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Stephanie Hoff. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. We get it. You need the most durable truck and a return on it, too. That's why Ewald Chevrolet Buick is your certified agriculture dealer. With your purchase, receive AgPack at no additional cost to you. A package of farm and ranch discounts with savings up to $30,000. Right now, finance a new 2023 Silverado Turbo Max or select heavy-duty models for just 1.9%. Find new roads at EwaldChevroletBuick.com. On select models with approved credit, see dealer for details. You can't change the price of gas or groceries, but you can change the amount of your energy bill. 
Benjamin Plumbing is now a certified dealer of Renai tankless water heaters. The number one tankless water heater in North America. They're up to 40% more energy efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory-extended warranty. Save money with endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. While you spent a lot more time around your home the last couple of years, you may have noticed a few things you'd like to have spruced up. Sign up for W.E. Davies Handyman Membership, and they'll help you stay ahead of the maintenance and repairs with a professional result. Boycott putting things off. W.E. Davies & Sons Remodeling brings a fresh perspective to your building project. We're a local family business with services from handyman fixes to living space upgrades. For stunning, transformative results, visit wedaviesremodeling.com. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, it is the topic of conversation for pretty much everybody in the state of Wisconsin, the weather. I'm coming up, uh, we're talking about a special flash drought seminar that they're having tomorrow morning starting at 9 a.m. with extension specialist, everybody to talk about uh, what you need to think through if you're a farmer and if this drought is going to persist, trying to make sure you know what resources are available. You know, dairy farmers have to start thinking about feed and things like that. Stumach Ag Meteorologist along with us. I guess the, well, trying to find a silver lining or a possible a better story here, Stu. It does look like we've got a better chance for rain this weekend. I'm just not sure if it's measurable. Oh, that's it. Uh, what I'm looking at that may develop as we make our way through Saturday or into Saturday night could eventually end up to be uh, maybe a quarter inch. I don't know if that's going to make a big difference, but every little bit helps. We have to look at that. And in fact, even this morning, there's rain out to the west. That cool front has pushed way out to the west, lining up from the central Dakotas down into northeast Kansas and all the way down into Alabama and southern parts of the U.S., but there is some rain in Minnesota scattered from the central into south-central part of the state. More moderate showers call it to northwest Iowa into north-central Iowa. So there is some rain out there. It's not going to hit Wisconsin today. For the most part, we're all talking sunny days. Temperatures about normal. That's in the mid or upper 60s, mid or upper 70s, excuse me. Could be a low 80 at La Crosse. That's right where we should be. But then a cool front will drop southeast from Canada. And that front begins to edge on in. There is some chance, oh, and I draw that line, lacrosse to Mauston, to Beaverdam, Fond du Lac, there could be a slight rain chance late Friday night. Uh, more likely it's Saturday. And as we head through the day, a few scattered showers. Could be an afternoon thunderstorm popping up almost anywhere. The rain chance lasts into Saturday night. And like they've talked about, maybe up to a quarter inch. Could be a quarter to half when you start wrapping Saturday and what could linger into Sunday. Now, a half inch starts to make a little difference, but it's not going to be a cure-all. But at least some moisture crops will put to good use in a big hurry. No doubt about that. But that weak cool front's the one to watch. It drops on through, drops into the area Saturday. 
should pull on through and head off to our south then as we head through the day Sunday. Temperatures cooling a little bit behind that front. Nothing drastic, though. Back to more normal levels again. We're talking mid and upper 70s, maybe back into the 80s already by Wednesday with that little cool down coming Sunday or into Monday. And then it warms up once again. So summertime weather still around here, just not bringing a whole lot of rain. At least there's a little chance we can hope for. I'll have forecast details right after this. Cameron Olson of Olson Solar Energy. Farmers understand the value of the sun. It's finally time to put solar to work on your farm. Through the Rural Energy for America grant program from the USDA, agricultural businesses can realize amazing savings from solar even sooner. Learn all about the current REAP grant from Olson Solar Energy. Stop into one of their three locations. Call them at 608-780-2347 or visit olsonsolarenergy.com today. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. No producer wants to wake up to a sick animal, and I know firsthand. BioVet is your solution for healthier animals. A lot of care and a good dose of science goes into every formulation so you can minimize problems and keep your livestock out of the hospital pen. I'm Dr. Bill Zimmer, founder of BioVet. Microbials and nutritional support, that's BioVet. Learn more at bio-vet.com. All right, Stu, let's take a look at that forecast. I'm wondering, you know, all that smoke coming out of the Canadian wildfires, is that goofing up our weather patterns over us at all? I don't know that it's changing the weather pattern so badly. I mean, we've talked about that smoke, and it's it's spread from Minnesota into Wisconsin for the last couple of weeks. Uh, I think with the population in the Northeast, and I'm looking toward New York just saying, Mm -hmm. uh, with that population, there's a lot more people to talk about it. You know, we had some of the smell. We've had some haziness because of it, but it has begun to clear out. And I think with this system slipping through here toward the weekend, could finally maybe dry that out or clear it out, if you will, and give us a little break from some of that. But let's back it up. And here we are on a Thursday, and I expect we're in for a sunny day. Not much to talk about for precipitation or any changes, along with our sunshine. Look for temps in the mid-70s. Could be upper 70s or almost 80 at La Crosse, and that's even with a northeast breeze, about 5. Clear skies stick around overnight, and we fall back to the very low 50s or upper 40s with the northeast winds about five friday a sunny day a little warmer a lot more low 80s you know 79 to about 83 or 84 at lacrosse winds will become northwest on friday at about five and then there comes that rain chance a slight chance in the west and central part of the state friday night Partly sunny skies Saturday, scattered showers possible even in the morning. A little more likelihood for a scattered shower or storm in the afternoon and evening. Temps about 84, mid-80s if you will. And the west winds at 5 to 10. Some rain chance lasts into Sunday, Pam, and we cool it off low 70s. And then the temperatures slowly climb again back into next week. You know, like you said, at least the good news is the temperatures are giving us a little bit of a break. Uh, So if you're trying to manage livestock or even the evaporation factor on some of our irrigated fields, at least it's uh, chilled out a little bit on that. Yeah, we're not fighting that 90-degree heat. We're a lot cooler, but uh, still we need the rain. We know that. Do we ever. All right, buddy, we'll catch up with you tomorrow and see where we're going as far as weekend rain development. Sounds good. Talk to you then. Stumach is our ag meteorologist with the weather details you're looking for, that you're hoping for, that we're all praying for. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. Again, if you're seeing any kind of weather developments, the talk text line available to you, 877-301-FARM. 
877-301-3276. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A Skincare Minute with skincare expert, Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non-surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one-fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. When it comes to custom wedding rings, get to know your Denny's jeweler. Denny's Jewelers does offer affordable custom wedding bands. Whether it be gold, silver, diamonds, gemstones, platinum, you bring your wedding band idea and we'll point you in the right direction. We'll show you all the options. I am Sarah Denny Alexander. Come meet the entire Denny's family at Denny's Jewelers. I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go. I didn't think I'd survive. But I did ask for help, and Covenant House was there for me. One in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there. Covenant House helped me break the cycle of homelessness in my family. They gave me the love that I needed. Over 2,000 young people will sleep safely in a Covenant House bed tonight. When youth who are experiencing homelessness have a hot meal, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love, they can overcome heartbreaking challenges and have a brighter future. They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding. I'm a, I'm a speaker, I'm an author. Covenant House really helped me and really helped mold me into the woman I am today. If you or someone you love is asking for help, go to safeplacetosleep.org today. Hi, it's Preston from Window World. Today's story comes to us from a frustrated homeowner. Mother Nature was crafty, her plan was plotted. My windows are drafty, they're broken and rotted. I need new windows installed the right way. I want the best quality and can't overpay. Window World's process was easy and seamless. Best decision ever. Boy, I'm a genius. Call Window World today and be your story's hero. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Sweet of Metal Roofing customers choose us because they don't want to worry about their roof anymore. There's no curling, it won't blow off, and you won't find granules in your gutters. It's one and done. It is the last roof you'll ever need. 
I'm Mike. And Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a Sweeta metal roof. S-W-I-T-A metalroofing.com. Sweeta metal roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. You know when you've really made it? When you finally have your own place and you can decorate it the way you want. Your Aunt Betty used to sleep on that old couch. It's time to turn drab into fab with lazy luxury from Lazy Boy Furnishings and Decor. That chair, it belonged to the dog. Time to start styling. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy. Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor, Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. That squeal you're hearing while you come to a stop, that's your brakes crying for help. At Tom's Auto Center, we offer five-star brake repair on all makes and models. Stop by for a brake fluid and brake inspection. If your brakes are talking to you or screaming for help, we'll diagnose it and give you a written estimate. We want you to be able to trust your brakes. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. The Luke Fickle bat symbol went up again, boys, and uh, they landed not one but two offensive linemen. Uh, let's see here. The first one up was what? Kevin Haywood. Out of Pennsylvania. A four-star. There's your four-star. A yeah. four-star offensive lineman out of Pennsylvania. That guy's a pretty burly individual. And then a little later in the day, you got Ryan Corey. Where's he out of? Pennsylvania. 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 They're both out of Pennsylvania. Three-star offensive lineman. This dude, both of them, we were talking off air, both these guys are pretty much uh, monsters. Yeah. Um, what would you say, 6'4", 290? Yeah, they're both top 25 kids out of the state of Pennsylvania, which... That's uh, a football state. Yeah, sorry yeah. sorry to say, if if you're a top 25 in Pennsylvania, chances are you're going to be top 10 in Wisconsin. So... Um, <laughs> That's a football yeah, state. Yeah, you got two offensive linemen. One's going to be a tackle. The other's uh, Corey's projected to be an inside guy. Um, that, yeah, that's they're they're going to be. Well, this is why you let well. Luke Fickle do what Luke Fickle and his staff does. Because a lot of people will freak out now all of a sudden that the state of Wisconsin had, you know, roughly 13 eligible kids for 2024 Mm -hmm. that were Division I prospects. Just the year before, they had three. So clearly it's a good year for the state of Wisconsin. And it's like, well, they lost a guy to Notre Dame. They lost a guy to Ohio State. Oh, my God, the sky is falling. He's not going to nail any in-state recruits. We're going to lose recruits. He's The recruiting's going to hell. And then he goes to Pennsylvania, which is a known football state, which, weirdly enough, they still consider Pennsylvania like Midwest, yeah. where it's like Ohio and Pennsylvania is the Midwest, like, better states. They just nailed two huge offensive linemen. Yeah, one four-star, one three-star and it's from the state of Pennsylvania. They're both Boys. roughly 6'4", 290. And they already got a safety from Pennsylvania as well. Do you, do you, uh, it just dawned on me that the pipeline from New Jersey, it's not a one-way street. It's a two-way. P- Pennsylvania will send us their awesome players. The Badgers will develop them and make them into uh, you know juggernauts. And then what happens? The Steelers will go draft them right back. No, look at look at all the Pittsburgh Steelers wasting no time in drafting. How many Badgers well, they know, have now? Most of Oh, you're. I was gonna say. I don't they, know. They just of, got two recruits from Pennsylvania. No, I know. Well, they have three. Total. They just got two yesterday. Yeah. 
the Badgers will get them, and then once they're ready for the draft, the Steelers will draft them. We'll go right back to Pennsylvania. Well, I don't know how many go right back to Pennsylvania. Okay, well, this is, I get what you're saying. This is supposed to be a. I know. Off the, sorry, it's it didn't right. it didn't make sense to me. I'm sorry, I got lost there. You guys want to say anything else quick? <laughs> My biggest takeaway from that was flamed out hard. Just the day is don't freak out if a player or two from Wisconsin don't commit to Wisconsin. Oops. Let Luke Fickle and his staff do what they do because look at what they did at Cincinnati. They took Cincinnati's recruiting from where it was at to a much higher place. And I will say previous coaching staffs, they got their offensive and defensive lines and like the lesser skilled positions. So a lot of linebackers from Wisconsin. The rest came from everywhere else. And I think another thing that needs to be said when we're talking about Luke Fickle versus the past is the past is the past. This is a new era. It's Luke Fickle. It's he has different inroads in different states. And honestly, it's on a year to year basis or historical basis, his states that he recruits well are better than the states that a lot of past Wisconsin guys have recruited well. Yeah. AKA Ohio, AKA Pennsylvania, AKA the Southeast. The, and when, um, Oh, Rudolph was here. Those were his two States. Would and you a lot feel, of the players that he brought in ended up being starters. Would you feel any differently or any like, you know, maybe poo poo on it a little bit where, you know, say in the past with like a Paul Christ or Barry Alvarez or Brett Bielema, we're not going to put Gary Anderson in this category. Um, but any of those guys, had they won a national title and they did it with, say, you know, I don't know, if if you got 110 guys on a team and they did it with like 40 that were from the state of Wisconsin, would it feel any different if they won a national title under Luke Fickle if they did it with 20 guys from the state of Wisconsin? Who needs an alarm clock when you've got the farm, babe? Pam Yonke and the Farm Report. Beautiful Thursday on the way if you can enjoy it with all the haze from the Canadian wildfires over Wisconsin. We're looking for sunny skies. Today is daytime high, 75. Partly sunny tomorrow and 82. They're telling me there is a chance of rain on Saturday, but it's probably going to be hit or miss, 84. And then about a 60% chance of rain being called for on Sunday, especially in the morning, 69 degrees. Again next week, not much in the way of moisture. That is something that everybody in Wisconsin is talking about, from regulatory agencies right on through to farmers and agribusinesses. More on that in just a moment. I'm Pam Yonke. Glad you're along with us. Don't forget Bryce uh, Weindecker from... Ever Ag is also going to be joining us talking about all things dairy. If you've been paying attention to social media, you know that some dairy farmers in Minnesota and western Wisconsin are dumping milk. The Hastings Creamery in Hastings, Minnesota has shut down basically for 30 days, and that's impacting at least 45 farms in Minnesota and western Wisconsin who are now uh, trying to find a new home for that milk, but mostly being forced to dump it. We're going to talk more about that with Bryce. Hey, 
hang on to that. So today is the 8th day of June. What can I tell you? On this day back in 1984, the Barneville tornado happened. Just after midnight, about 90% of the town of Barneville was destroyed. 93 homes flattened. 64 were damaged. 17 of 18 businesses and public buildings in the village obliterated. They estimated that tornado was an F5 on the Fujita scale. I think the best part about it is nobody was killed on this day back in 1984, but Barneveld lives to remember that date for sure. Happy birthday this morning to uh, singer-songwriter Kanye West, born on this day back in 1977. And on this day in 1942, Bing Crosby recorded Silent Night. And now you know. Well, everybody in Wisconsin's talking about the weather. Everybody across the countryside talking about the weather in one way, shape, or form. On Friday, between 9 a.m. and 10 a.m., university extension officials are going to join up with our uh, federal officials, meteorologists, and talk about this drought and steps that farmers specifically need to prepare for if this drought is going to persist. I talked about it with Natasha Paris. She's a university extension crop specialist that covers Adams, Washera, Green Lake, and Marquette counties, and she's joining a consortium of extension staff from across the state to facilitate this hour-long conversation. I asked her to tell me what really the trigger was to start this kind of conversation. We started noticing and having conversations just among ourselves last week, you know, about how dry it is and and how it's really not feeling great in terms of the dry conditions. And then on Monday, our uh, manager brought us all together and we started talking about about drought and where we were going. And, you know, the new drought map that came out last week showing that uh, almost the entire state is in that abnormally dry condition. And we said, you know, we're, we're ready to we want to put something together to, to be on top of this and, and do what we can to help farmers uh, maintain viability throughout this time. How bad is it? Give us your sense from looking at that map, your personal experience, conversation with other extension agents, um, and maybe break it down what you've heard or what you've witnessed region by region, Natasha. Yeah, so what I know is that we had the driest May since 1994 in the in in uh, the at least the southeast part of the state, and you know a lot of a lot of farmers farmers have talked about they've got crops in the ground that haven't seen any rain, and so we're worried about germination at this point. You know, every, and even those who are under irrigation, you know, you think oh they're fine, but no, they're having a hard time keeping up because you know there's so much evaporation with just how hot and dry it's been that even the irrigators are having a hard time staying on top of it. So, you know, we get a little bit of rain here and there, uh, but it's never been, no one says it's been enough to, to keep up. Now, you mentioned that drought map uh, generated for us on a weekly basis. Has uh, anybody in your crew reached out to the National Weather Service or anybody that's in the professional meteorological circles? Do they express concerns about this dry trend continuing? Uh, yeah, and we actually are going to have a speaker on that on Friday. We have our state interim climatologist from uh, from UW, uh, Steve Vavris, is going to be uh, talking to us about the the outlook for the for the weather for this season. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about a conversation that's scheduled. Uh, anybody in the state, actually anybody anywhere with access, is welcome to yeah. listen and tell me a little bit about this program and why you guys decided this was a good option. 
So, you know, we've been hosting this uh, bi-weekly uh, Badger Crop Connect webinar series for several years now. It kind of came out of the, the COVID experience, and it's been real successful for us, and it's a great way to bring people together. And we realized that this was a time that, you know, is, is just a little bit out of the ordinary, and so we needed to act upon it fast and bring together the resources that are available to us to help farmers uh, get together, uh, understand what how to make good decisions both in the short term and long term. So on Friday at 9 a.m., we're hosting a special episode of the Badger Crop Connect webinar series focused on this drought. Tell me a little bit about the panel, the group of people that are going to be presenting, and what I'm going to get out of that hour. Yeah, so as of this time, we have six speakers confirmed. They're going to do short 10-minute flash talks. Um, We have everyone from... Joe Lauer, our state extension-funded faculty, talking about corn management specifically with drought. We have Dan Smith from the NPM program talking about fertility management. Gene Schriefer from USDA FSA is going to talk about uh, FSA programs and drought and what they have to offer. Paul Mitchell, our economist, is going to talk about the economics of drought and crop insurance. Marta Komen, one of our newest uh, Extension Funded Faculty in Forage is going to talk about forage options and alternatives for all of us with livestock that just have to have something to feed the critters. And uh, and then Steve Vavris will talk about the outlook for the growing season from a, from a meteorological, climatological perspective. Now, obviously, Natasha, we can't make it rain. We don't know how long this uh, spell is going to uh, stretch. Is this a conversation that you expect the general public to be able to tap into on I don't know, regular basis, monthly, bi-week, what are you thinking? Well, it, it really depends on when the rain comes back. You know, we, we certainly have talked about, you know, how are we about long-term plans of how to continue to, to offer this response. And so, you know, our, our team will continue to meet and, and uh, look at how we can best uh, uh, provide education to farmers to deal with, uh, with these conditions. Natasha Paris, again, University Extension Crop Specialist. She's in Adams, Marquette, Green Lake, and Waukesha counties, but she is being joined by University Extension Specialists from across the state. You heard what she said, Dr. Joe Lauer, uh, Extension Meteorologist, uh, USDA staff, all coming together to help farmers understand what plans they need to be discussing now if this drought is going to persist. It is free. It is available to the general public, 9 until 10 a.m. tomorrow online webinar go to badger crop connect and find out more badger crop connect or our website midwestfarmreport.com i've got links for you there as well all right a quick pivot to the markets before we catch up with bryce windecker from everag and talk more about dairy december corn right now in chicago is down a nickel at 525 and three quarters november beans are down four at 1174 the wheat that's up a nickel currently at 621 yesterday in chicago barrel cheese gained eight and a half cents at 165 and a quarter 40 pound block cheese was up six and a quarter at 152 and a quarter double a butter down a penny and three quarters at 236 a pound right now July milk's down a dime at 1643 a hundredweight. August milk closed 20 cents higher, 1737 a hundredweight. As I said, we already know that there are some farms in western Wisconsin and Minnesota that are dumping milk uh, because of one facility closing down for 30 days. We're getting more and more rumors of uh, dairies that are being dropped 
from some of their milk processors for various reasons. What's going on out there? We talked about it happening in Texas. Now it's come to the Midwest. We'll discuss that and other dairy-related tidbits with Bryce Windecker. He's with the Everag crew down in Platteville, and he joins us live on a Thursday morning next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Huge amounts of time sitting incorrectly in the office can easily give that slouch an ouch. This is Zach from Office Furniture Warehouse. Help your back pain, neck pain, and eye strain with adjustable desks, chairs, or dual arm monitor mounts from Office Furniture Warehouse. Name brand Office Furniture with warehouse pricing allows us to create better workspaces for America's workforce. For healthy choices without the ouch, visit OFWGoMadison.com or stop by the showroom on Ronald Reagan Avenue. How is it that we can have smokers' lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age-related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Congress is preparing to pass a farm bill this year, and we need to take action. Consumers are paying record high prices at the grocery store, but farmers and ranchers earn less of the food dollar while multinational corporations rake in massive profits. That's why Farmers Union is fighting for a farm bill that promotes fair markets and protects our food security. Learn more and join the fight at fairnessforfarmers.org. Paid for by National Farmers Union. Sows, cows, plows. Heck, anything connected to farming's on the menu here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Oh, and as if the weather was not challenging enough for Wisconsin agriculture, now we are starting to get market disruptions because of the productivity our Wisconsin dairy farmers have at their feet. Too much milk, challenges on the processing scene, and a pretty good chunk of supply on hand all the way around. Let's find out what's really going on. Bryce Windecker is joining us, one of the broker analysts with our friends from Everag. He's down in their Platteville location, joining us live this morning. So Bryce, I don't I don't like having to deliver negative news at this time of the day to anybody, but we cannot deny that there are certified reports of milk dumping happening. We knew it had been happening in Texas for a while. Now a Hastings, Minnesota creamery closed for at least 30 days. That's in Minnesota, but it's also impacting dairy producers on the western side of Wisconsin. 45 dairies, as we have it right now, that have been impacted. Is this a one-off, or are you hearing this more and more? Uh, no, definitely been hearing it uh, more and more over over the past month or so, Pam. A lot of milk being dumped in the upper Midwest and a lot of milk being dumped in the 
uh, northeast as well as the southwest. But uh, because of all of the 15 inches of rain that the southwest has had in the past uh, two weeks, they're actually starting to turn around. Uh, you know, as unfortunate or fortunate as it may be, they're down six to eight pounds. So I definitely think with a hot, dry summer coming into effect here and weird rain and actually um, smoky weather because of the Canadian fires in the Northeast that we will start to see milk production turn slightly negative as we turn into uh, the re the rest of the, the summer months here. Uh, but definitely too much milk right now and processors having trouble with labor, of course. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And now the other concern, I think a lot of dairy producers in the upper Midwest worried about that milk because of price and because of market orders could be flowing into our states regardless of what's available locally. Yeah, absolutely. And it's uh, definitely uh, our high prices, uh, especially in the fresh cheese market for April uh, when cheese made that run up to $2 is definitely showing up right now in the April dairy export report. Uh, cheese is down, and this is compared to April of 2022, cheese exports down 12% and imports up 34%. Uh, that, I think that's going to be a trend that continues over the next few months here. Uh, because of our forward curve being so strong into 20, uh, the end of 23 and beginning of 24, uh, we are not competitive right now compared uh, to our friends across the pond over in Europe. Uh, when you look at our trade here, uh, our five top destinations for cheese exports are Mexico, South Korea, Japan, Australia, and Canada. And our friends in South Korea and Japan like to book their cheese exports six to nine months in advance, and we are not winning that bid right now. We are actually up uh, with our cheese exports in Mexico, but it's not enough to offset the losses in South Korea and Japan. Like I said, we are not getting our forward bookings done there. Tell me then, why did we see a rally again yesterday on Barrel and Block? Uh, definitely, the, I feel as though the market has found, has found a bottom uh, somewhat for now. I think $16 June Class 3 milk and one, 143 blocks on the CME spot trade has seemed to be a very supportive line there. I feel like uh, that's going to be a mental uh, break, breaking point. If we break below that, then uh, I, I don't know where where we stop next. Uh, but definitely seeing some strong report uh, or support there in that $16 for class three. I think there was some short covering in the rally over the past couple of days here and uh, more people, you know, bidding up cheese just because it's a cheap price. And at these prices on the spot trade right now, we are the cheapest in the world. And I think the more pain we feel now, the less pain we'll feel later. Bryce Windecker along with us, one of the broker analysts with the EverAg team. He's out of Platteville. Again, go to ever.ag if you want to find out how to connect. Hey, a little risk management question for you here, Bryce. So now we're starting to talk about uh, this drought. And even if it's just a flash drought, it could have an impact on feed supplies come this fall. When it comes to risk management, are you already encouraging dairy producers to take a look at locking in feed at lower levels, you know, try to mitigate second crop alfalfa in Wisconsin? We're already hearing that we've got alfalfa weevil in. So I'm just wondering, are you having those conversations on risk management now? Oh, definitely. Uh, day in and day out, Pam. And 
definitely have seen uh, basis really improve from a grain buyer standpoint, uh, especially on the protein side of things. And with soybean meal being so expensive the past couple of years, seeing December soybean meal at 368 uh, really is not that bad of a deal. So definitely some people getting started, not booking all of it, but getting started on some of their forward purchases for uh, new crop and into 24. Corn, on the other hand, is a little bit of a, a harder buy right now in my mind. Uh, a lot of people have used uh, call options to help set a ceiling on their on their futures price of corn, so then they can be more patient on, on their on their cash purchases. Mm-hmm. And what about milk pricing? Are we should we be doing anything there? Well, uh, uh, definitely, I would go after uh, qu- quarter four and uh, starting quarter one next year. Uh, the quarter one using the dairy revenue protection has actually got a $17 net floor after premium cost for class three and seeing June class three gonna be about 1530 uh, with pricing uh, finishing up here the next week. Uh, that is definitely not a bad place to get started because we've proven that we can go below $17. and. Like I said, I think if this milk price situation is going to improve, it's got to be from the supply side. Uh, it's going to be people exiting the dairy business, culling cows, and us making less milk. I mean, it's not coming from the demand side at this time. Are we seeing the cull rate go up, um, slaughter? I mean, that you're right. Now all of a sudden we- I got to worry about feed. Right. Yeah, we've definitely been watching it. And I, I, I feel like that's going to be really weather dependent. I mean, if people, especially if people don't have the forage to feed cows more cost effectively here, you're going to see that cull number go up quite a lot. Yeah. We are still right at about the five-year average on the on the weekly slaughter data. Uh, so we're going to be watching that very close as we get through the summer here. But at this time, I would say not that big of an increase. But Maybe with the rain in the uh, in the southwest, people will, will be calling more cows, uh, especially down there. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll find out. Yeah, I guess so. Bryce, I appreciate you being along with us, buddy. Always good content, and this is critical time for this information. Again, Bryce Windecker joining us live this morning. He's one of the broker analysts on the Ever Ag team. Again, ever.ag. Is there an email or something they can catch you at, Bryce? Uh, yeah, my, my email would be BMW, like the car, uh, BMW at ever.ag. Oh, that's an excellent, excellent email. <laughs> All right, my friend. Have a great Thursday, Bryce. We'll catch up with you again soon, okay? You Sam. Thank you for having me. Bryce Windecker, again, one of the crew from the Ever Ag Bunch. There we go, folks. Have a good Thursday. Enjoy this weather. This is the Midwest Farm.